Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. You guys know Sierra got married last year. It's a lot of work. Oh boy, was it. It's a lot to do. And one thing that really helped her figure out what to do first, where to access certain resources, how to get people to know where they were supposed to go for a wedding. Zola. With Zola, you can discover venues and find vendors easily. You can message and book vendors right on their website. And truly, when I say that that was the first part that we had to do and also one of the most intimidating and hardest, it's so nice to just have them all listed right there and be able to talk to them right there and then. They also have free planning tools, which is really helpful because you don't know what you don't know. And if when you go to Zola, you have a guest list manager, wedding website templates, a budgeting tool because dang, can a wedding get out of hand real quick? Mm-hmm. It could all eliminate so much stress and you'll save so much time all because it's like a one-stop shop. That's so true. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Hey guys, Jerry, I'm Sierra, ladies, and we tangent. This is um, part, what, seven of Jerry decided to change the topic last minute again <laughs> because things in the world changed around us. <laughs> yeah, literally at this moment, we're uh, from now on, I think probably, we're just really going off the fly. Like what's going on? The world is moving at such a... I don't know, fast paced, but also slow. So things are happening. It's just, it feels like a different world every week that we talk to each other. Yeah. Well, we try and plan ahead. um, And we have this list of topics and we go through them monthly and we're like, okay, let's just spitball, try and figure out, plan this month out what we're going to want to do, but we can't see the future. And if you Mm would have told us in December that, we were going to be in quarantine and like, doing this virtually. Right. Skyping each other. That would have been other. a shock. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then if you would have said that certain events were going to take place over the next few months, I don't think we would have um, fully understood. And so when we're prepping these episodes, we don't – stuff changes. It Like literally in the blink of an eye. And then we're like, you know what? This doesn't feel right anymore. This We were actually going to play a game. We were just going to um, do another and- little distraction episode, kind of. Yeah. And then we got some news over the weekend and we don't feel like playing a game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> life happened and we experienced some loss in our life and we don't, <laughs> it doesn't feel right um, to act like it's not happening. 
Yeah. And we felt like it was an opportunity to make ourselves human again and to connect with people who are also humans. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And talk about something that we all have experienced or will experience, which is grief. Um, And we want to make a disclaimer that we are not professionals (laughs) by any means. If you haven't picked up on that in the last, I don't know, 30 episodes, (laughs) um, we're not professionals in damn near anything. No, really Um, seriously. (laughs) We don't have degrees in this. We don't have educational backgrounds other than um, what we've watched on YouTube or Googled. Right. We just want to talk about something, a human experience yeah, that we share uh, from our perspective. I will say with grief, at least, I have talked to a number of counselors and therapists, so at least I have a little bit. I mean, know that the information isn't coming from me, but this is all spitballing from what I've heard from countless therapists. I watched a TED Talk, so yes, yeah, so I'm there basically you go. a doctor. <laughs> right. It's perfect. Well, and here's the other thing I was going to say, too, when we were talking about changing it up. I think it's important, especially with grief, you can distract yourself from things as much as possible. And in the beginning stages of things, like when this was first happening, happening, I think that's important to do because it's kind of just a coping mechanism. But and I'm sure we'll get into this eventually in there. At some point, you have to face what's going on. Right. And I think this is our version of doing that. We're throwing something a little bit real at you because we can't be dancing monkeys all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I know Sierra and I have shared grief, like Mm -hmm. because we're cousins and we're so close in age, any major loss that we've experienced in our lives, we've gone through together And as a family, we have a way of doing things and we can't, I mean, any family experiencing um, loss or uh, grief right now probably isn't able to do what they would do. Right. Oh, it's yeah. So normally in our family, and we'll talk about this later, we like to celebrate and Mm -hmm. laugh and have community and be together and not not in a um like a sit and hold hands and and hold each other while we cry way, but like a sarcastic. <laughs> yes, let's get together and we probably some alcohol will be poured. Definitely, yep. stories will be told. Yeah, um, lots of laughs in that way, and it's we've always done that with my mom's side. It, then um, we've done incorporated the the game nights and all that. Yeah. So. There's like a, a joint, which we're, we've been doing a little bit too on our side of the family. So there is like a people are surrounding you, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to sit there and be sad together and just talk about what's happening. Right. We are just there together. I guess. Yeah. I think the best way to describe it is we prefer a celebration. Yeah, of absolutely. Life yeah. Rather than... Um, uh, I think it's the Jewish culture that will just like sit Shiva for like a week where they just like sit and mourn in the dark for like seven Can, days. Cannot. We're not, we don't do We've that. We've never <laughs> been that. Yeah. yeah. At our we grandma's. Alone. Yeah. 
at our grandma's funeral, we were all like laughing and giggling together. And probably if outsiders would have seen that, they would have been like, wow, these girls, how inappropriate and disrespectful. And it's like, no, no, that's just, we were all very sad. That's yeah. just how we cope. Yeah. And she would have been doing it with us. Yeah. It, and that's the thing is that we just want to share our experience and we want to talk about it because it just, we want to talk about grief in general because we are experiencing it right now. Yes. Um, lots of different layers of it. But um, like I said, we just experienced a loss in our family and we don't want to move past it. Mm-hmm. This is our way of celebrating um, and coming together, having community and kind of sharing some things with yeah. You guys. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> so Sierra's going to start with like the definition of grief. Okay. So grief is a natural response to loss. It's the emotional suffering you feel when something or someone you love is taken away. Often the pain of loss can feel overwhelming. You may experience all kinds of difficult and unexpected emotions from shock or anger to disbelief, guilt, and eventually profound sadness. The pain of grief can also disrupt your physical health, making it difficult for you to eat, sleep, or even think straight. These are normal reactions to loss, and the more significant the loss, the more intense your grief will be. Um, when you said guilt, it hit me pretty hard because yeah. um, I remember one of the one of the losses in our life that I still struggle with. It's been uh, almost twelve years is our grandma Mm -hmm. and we were juniors and it was snowy out and it was a Friday because my mom had, and it was during Lent because my mom had gotten to the fish fry and she asked me if I wanted to go to the hospital and I said, no, I wanted to go to my boyfriend's house and uh, cause I was like, she's been there for a while. She doesn't talk. We all just sit there. It's kind of weird. Yes. <laughs> our, our grandma had pancreatic cancer. So at the end stages, yeah. it was really, there was not a lot that you could do besides just sit there and watch her suffer basically. Yeah. And, and she was not, our grandma was someone who took a lot of pride in everything. Yes. Um, and so I just knew that me sitting there and seeing her in that way was not at all how she wanted me to look at her. Yeah, it definitely Uh, wasn't the way that she, I I don't think if she could have had the choice, she would have had any of us. She had her photo picked out long before (laughs) she passed. She's like, you better use this one of me. This is my bomb ass headshot. (laughs) Yes. This is the one. Don't, don't you let anybody come over here until (laughs) I am ready. Um, And so I said no, that I didn't want to go. And then my youngest sister, Randy, wanted to go to the mall. And I remember I I see it in my head so clearly. I was sitting on the bed in my room and she came upstairs crying. And I was I thought that my mom just told her she wasn't allowed to go to the mall. Right. (laughs) Like she wanted. And she just looks at me and she goes, Grandma's dead. And I was like what? Oh, wow. What? Huh? Yeah. And I felt so guilty that my teenage ass chose to go to this boy's house who I don't even care about at all. Right. Um, 
instead of going to say goodbye to her. And I, I never, ever got, that's not something you can repeat. And so the guilt of that has been with me for so long. And, and there's something I want to talk about later, um, in reference to the Ted talk where, uh, she compares grief, um, to a chronic illness. Mm Mm-hmm that like, it's not curable. No, it's <laughs> it is not. just with you. And so that made me feel better about saying like, I'm not going to move past it, but, um, I was going to, I'm going to talk about the stages of grief. Okay. So the first one being denial mm-hmm. and then anger, depression, bargaining, and then eventually acceptance. This is according to Kubler-Ross. This is his cycle. I think there are a couple other ones, but this is like the main one. Mm -hmm. What I didn't realize is like there are things within like denial, such as avoidance, confusion, elation, shock, and fear all go in denial. Yeah. Frustration, irritation, anxiety fall under anger. Um, Being overwhelmed helplessness, hostility, um, the desire to like flee or the whole flight part of fight or flight falls under depression and bargaining, which is one that I never fully understood was, um, struggle to find meaning, reaching out to others and telling your story. Like I never understood what bargaining meant. I thought that meant like pleading with like, I don't know, Wishing it didn't happen or something? Like, yeah, like a thing to God. Like, please try yeah. to make this not happen. <laughs> but when it says, um, like, struggle to find meaning, I understand that. I do, too. Of, like, why did this have to happen this way? Yeah. Could this have been avoided? That kind of thing. Um, do you feel like they always go in the same order? Um, No. And what I read was that they don't always for people. For me, like when my aunt passed away, um, I definitely felt shock first. And then I think I didn't feel like I know a lot of people say anger comes next. I feel like I felt almost everything before anger. Anger was the very last one yeah. for me with that one. However, well, I feel like shock it, makes sense for you to happen first because her death was so sudden. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Well, so with grandma, it was completely different because we knew. I feel like, yeah. especially with like an illness, something like cancer that, or like Alzheimer's or something where it's inevitable and you know it's going to happen and it's a slow process, um, it's easier for you. You would just start going through grief before they're even gone. Oh, yeah. Because the person, I mean, both of, you know, both of my grandma's passed of pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. Um the person that they were is not that I saw. Yeah. At the end was mm-hmm. so far from the person that I knew they were or wanted to be remembered as that I, the time from the time that they were sick to the time that they were gone is when I went through the stages of grief. Yeah. I was almost at acceptance before they passed because I remember the first thing I did when my mom told me that um, my grandma heck had passed was I smiled because I kept thinking she's not in pain anymore. She is not, um, 
she she could be whole again. She's yeah. no longer trapped and bound by these things. Where uh, with Aunt Lori, like that was sudden. <laughs> it was yeah, like literally talked to her that the day before or that morning, and then she yeah. passed away during the nighttime, early morning of the next day. So, and it was during a holiday too. So it almost was like this can't happen. I was yeah. just like, there's people don't die on Christmas. <laughs> that this is a happy day. That doesn't happen. Tell you have to tell the doctors because something needs to be done. <laughs> like, yeah. It was insane. And the, there was another part of, um, I think it was denial that I, when I was going through my research kind of stuff that I saw, um, which was so crazy because it still happens to me. And it's where either you don't believe that they're dead yet or that they've gone or you keep seeing them repeatedly places. And I'm telling you for years after my aunt Lori died, I've done it a couple times with grandma too, but it seems to happen so much with my aunt. I swear to God, it'll hit me like when I'm walking up to the person that right. it's not her. It's like, I forget that she's gone and she's been gone for 10 years now. Yeah. It's just crazy to me that that's, but that when I read that, that was a part of denial. I was like, Oh, and that's the other thing about grief there is no time limit on it and there's absolutely no time limit on when you can go through the stages or they could also repeat. It's like a cycle. Yeah. I never even thought that like, once you get to acceptance, they go back. You can't go them. back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it wasn't until I associated, um, grief with my miscarriages that I realized that it is cyclical and it will repeat and it'll absolutely. bounce all over the place. And, you so sometimes you stay in stages longer than other it I'm, I'm so jumbled right now because there's so many things I want to say and uh, I yeah I want to try and make this um some like linear in a way but I want to jump ahead to uh, we're going to talk about how grief isn't just about death yes and um that's not ever something I understood fully so I think a lot of people understand that. No. And you can, I'm going to go through some like general ideas, but Sierra has some more specifics. Um, so you can grieve someone or something that still exists. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the examples I thought of is like, there was a, a person who was in uh, my sister and I's lives for years, years, like 13 or so years. And then, um, she was my mom's best friend and she's no longer friends with my mom. I mean, I think they are, but they're nowhere near what they were. And she's not in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I had to grieve this person. I had to grieve the fact that this woman still existed in the world, but she wasn't in my life. That is exactly how I feel about my stepmom, who is no longer my stepmom. But she yeah. was in my life for, I think, the same amount of time, about 13 years and maybe, yeah, yeah, it had to be 13 years. And then all of a sudden, she wasn't my mom. And right. so when they split up, she really, like, he had my sisters with her. So they still see her. But really, there was no reason for her to keep contact with me. And she didn't. And so it was like, I had to mourn that person. Yeah, like, it felt like she died. Because yeah. it was like, she has never contacted me. She's never reached out to me. She's never said anything to me. When she sees me in public, which I worked at a big restaurant, so I would see her, she would pretend like she didn't know me. And so it was that just is like, devastating. <laughs> I know, I know. 
And so you don't think about that, like, especially as an adult, you're like, oh, divorce. I understand how that hurts children. But number one, she wasn't even my mom getting a divorce. But it was like losing a family member who was still around and alive and like. Well, which is weird because as a even though you weren't a kid when that happened, you didn't do anything. (laughs) So you're like, just because you're not with my dad anymore, I thought we were still good. Like what? (laughs) She literally was a second mom to me. She helped yeah. to like raise me with my dad. You know, she was the one that we had so much that I went through with her. And then obviously she was the mother to my sisters. So it was just like a, I don't know. It was the most bizarre thing that I think grief wise that I've ever gone through in my life. Yeah, That was it's, the most bizarre form of grief. Especially because like a- as an adult human now, I understand my mom's friend. I understand that whatever happened, her needing to create distance for herself. I was just a part of that. I didn't do anything. I didn't cause it. I didn't, uh, it wasn't that she didn't like me anymore, that she didn't want to be involved. It was just, that's how the cookie crumbled. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it sucked and it hurt, but like, I was so angry. I was stuck in anger with yes. her for years. I refused to move Same. anywhere. Same. Uh, I was, I can't, I set up camp in anger and <laughs> I never left it because I kept thinking you're still around. Mm-hmm. You could make this right. You could make an effort and you're the adult. I'm the yeah. kid. You should do this. But it got to a point where I, I now understand in a way, and mm-hmm. I've moved, I guess, to acceptance. Yes, same. <laughs> yeah, it. same. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird though. when you realize that, like, because when you think of grief, death is so finite. Yeah. <laughs> and when there's someone who you're grieving, that it doesn't have to be forever. It doesn't have to be that way. It, it almost, I think that's why I stayed in anger so long because I'm like, you, I can't get these people back that I desperately want back. And literally all you have to do is reach out to me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But again, I was coming at it from a very self-centered point of view at that point in time. And, and again, I've, I've released a lot of that, but yeah, I think that was my biggest issue is like, this doesn't have, it is permanent. Death is permanent. Yep. And that's why grief is so hard. You are not permanent. Like, yeah, not permanent yet. Um, I am obsessed with clothes. Oh yeah. It's a problem for me. It's a problem for my closet. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's why I'm so excited to be sharing Newly with our audience because Newly is a way to try out trendy styles, colors, silhouettes, all different kinds of things that maybe you've been interested in, but are like going to make your bank cry. Mm -hmm. Now you can rent them for a period of time and then you just ship them back. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. That's another beautiful thing Mm -hmm. because a lot of places may not have options for everyone. And this has so much diversity, not only in the brands that they offer, but also they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. It's fun. 
It's sustainable and you can save because you get to try out a bunch of stuff that you like or maybe you're like, I don't know, maybe I would like this. And then you get it and you're like, "Ah, I don't think that's for me. But there's no commitment to buy it unless you really do love it. And you're like, you actually can't have this back, Newly. I'm keeping it. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six dials. But right now you can get $20 off of your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code TANGENTS20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y dot com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code TANGENTS20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's with code TANGENTS20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. What is the most important thing to you when it comes to menstrual care? Um, I would say probably not having to worry about leaking, going about mm. my day, and not worrying about having to run to the bathroom when you feel that, oh, what's, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, I think I'd agree. Yeah. And that's why we're excited to tell you about Flex. If you want a period product that looks out for your body, your lifestyle, and the planet, you've got to try Flex. There's the Flex Disc, which is a one-time-use menstrual disc that fits perfectly inside your body. It's not a cup, and it's better than a tampon. It's unlike any period product you've ever seen before. One Flex Disc can be worn for up to 12 hours, and it holds as much flow as three super tampons. Plus, you can wear it for mess-free period sex. Yes, my white sheets love that for me. (laughs) Flex discs also create 60% less waste compared to pads and tampons, so they are planet-friendly. And if you want to go with zero waste and have the planet love you even more, you can pick up the Flex Cup, a reusable menstrual cup that Cosmo rated number one. The patented pull tab makes Flex the only cup on the market that removes like a tampon. It's so easy. You already know how to use it and you won't lose it. Yes, which is very important. It's also disability friendly and made with beginners in mind. So when I say like this is easier to use than tampons, I really truly believe that. Well, this beginner is grateful for that. (laughs) Yes. 
It's also velvety soft and completely body safe, and it lasts for years. So say goodbye to cramps, put sex back on the table, and lend Mother Nature a hand. Go to flexfits.com slash tangents and use code tangents for 20% off flex disc starter kits. Or 10% off your first flex cup. Plus, you get free U.S. shipping. That's code tangents at flex, F-L-E-X, fits.com slash tangents. But yeah, so you can grieve something or someone that's still around. Um, You can grieve an idea. Mm -hmm. Do you have examples of what that is? Um, So basically what mine, one of mine says is, um, sorry, where is it? Oh, it's not in this one, but I did see one, the loss of like the loss of a dream. So let's say that it was somebody's idea to go to a college. They've been working towards this or a career move. They've been working towards a specific thing and it falls through for whatever reason. I know that that's also happening a lot right now. I'm going to cry and it's not even like my thing, but like for a lot of small business owners or people like that won't financially recover from this. And that was their dream that, I think that people don't realize that you could grieve this as hard as you could grieve losing right. someone because it was, it was your dream. You were, yeah. you know, I have, I had examples of like the future, which is exactly yes. what you're talking about. And also like missed opportunities. And I know this, there are some people who think this is so small, but the seniors, 2020 seniors right now oh, who are missing, God their spring break that, which doesn't seem like a big deal, but it is, it's your last spring break with your friends. It's they're missing their prom. They're mm-hmm. missing graduation. There are these milestones that they're missing and, and that you look forward to your whole life. You right. look forward to that. People talk to you about it. It is like a huge moment for you. That's the incentive. Mm-hmm. They use, they tell you like, Oh my gosh, I'll, you're going to get this diploma. And it's yep. not that they're not going to get those things. School is not canceled. The building is canceled. They're still getting their education. They're still working, but like, it's not, it's not the same. And you and I know it's not the same. And the thing with grief is like, it's the same thing as if I break my arm and you stub your toe. Yeah. Pain is pain. It doesn't matter. (laughs) And you, you don't get to decide someone to, you don't get to decide to tell someone that you're not feeling the way that they're feeling. That's the number one thing that my therapist has always told me because I'm like, I know it's silly. And she would say, why is it silly? Well, because so-and-so, you know, this is so much bigger and they're going through this. And she's like, someone else's pain does not invalidate your pain. Right. Your pain is just as valid. It does. This is not a competition. Right. Like your grief is just as valid as someone else's grief. Right. And maybe they lost a loved one and you lost your graduation. But regardless, grief is grief. And you're allowed to feel that way and you're allowed to go through the motions of grief because of it. Right. And you don't know what kind of lasting effect that's going to have. Oh, exactly. Because there are certain kids who are going to look at this and be like, why – why work for anything? If it could just be taken away from you like that. Yeah. What a, what a trauma trigger. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) Being planted in these kids. And like, that's, that is devastating. It is. So the, that's why I I think I get so triggered (laughs) seriously by the people who are just like, don't care. Not a big deal. This whole thing is stupid. And I'm just like, you don't get to tell people this is a very traumatic event that's happening to all of us. 
and you don't get to tell people that because it's not a big deal to you that this isn't a big deal to them. Right. Because it is. That moment of walking across the state, I remember my dad, my mom, my dad's wife, his kids, my aunt, her kids, like everybody sitting together, cheering, standing up when they said my name. I will remember that for the rest of my life. Right. It was such a huge moment. So, I mean, we really went off on a tangent about that, <laughs> but that's but specifically it's, it's, it is. And I, I hope that the, if there are high schoolers or whoever listening, that I hope that they know that, that their feelings right now are very valid. Well, I think that is, I, that's why I wanted to talk about different things grief can be attached to Yes. because I didn't realize if that I was grieving. Yes. And so when I felt these feelings of denial or anger or depression or bargaining, when I was feeling all of this associated with a loss, whether it be of a person living or dead or an experience, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to process it because I didn't put it in the grief category. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's once you learn how to kind of process grief, I think in knowing that these are forms of grief that makes it a lot easier than just being like what's wrong with me why am I moody and sad and right acting crazy all the time because you're not like not- learning a formula in math it is yeah if I hand you a problem and you look at it and you're like I've never seen that why are there letters in math <laughs> and then I teach you an algebraic equation and you're like oh I just plug in this here and this here and when I see something that looks like this I already know how to handle it then yeah but if I don't know how to recognize it If I've never done that before, it's impossible to answer. It's impossible to start, get the ball rolling towards healing when I don't realize that I'm, what I'm experiencing. Um, and I, I threw miscarriage in there technically it, it, that's a very touchy subject because some people were like, that's not an idea. That's a person. Um, that is debatable, not a debate we're going to (laughs) do. Yep. But, um, I think I remember people talking about their miscarriages, early miscarriages. Yep. Because in my mind, they were categorized differently before I experienced them. They, they were different. Yes. And if it was like before a certain time, not a big deal. Right. It was like, you (laughs) It's like, you must be so tall in order to ride this ride. Your baby must be so far along in order for me to think that it was a traumatic experience. <laughs> yeah, yes. Was, oh my gosh. I feel so bad that that was ever my mentality. I understand but though. I think it's a lot of people's. Yeah. That's why I'm going to open myself up and tell you <laughs> that that's, that was my thought when I saw people announcing their pregnancies Essentially, the second that they peed on the stick, I was like, so like, you're an idiot. Yeah. So like four weeks, you're like, oh. Yeah. Because there's so much that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. When people say having a baby is a miracle, I used to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, there you go again with your foo-foo God stuff. <laughs> Everybody does it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like teenagers are accidentally doing it all the time. Okay. Right. Not a miracle. But honestly, but, scientifically... Yeah. It is. Yes. <laughs> In order for everything to line up appropriately and genetically, for everything to be sustained properly for the entire duration of a healthy pregnancy, it is a miracle that all of that stuff goes right. Yes. And 
so when I looked at someone who was announcing their pregnancy so early, I thought, you fool. Right. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Because when you know what could go wrong. Right. And oftentimes I would see people announce that they lost their baby and I would be like, you didn't lose a baby. You weren't really that pregnant. Right. <laughs> Until I experienced it. Yep. And then I realized that I, from the moment I peed on the stick to the moment I heard, I'm so sorry, mm -hmm. had already created an entire life for that not person. Yes. <laughs> for this thing I kept telling everyone else isn't a thing. I saw crawling on the rug. I yep. saw their nursery. I couldn't walk into my guest room mm -hmm. for months because it wasn't a nursery. Yep. And I had looked in that room so many times and saw the nursery and saw the baby on the floor. And, and I, I saw myself picking up toys and, and this was just in, in a two weeks, right. four weeks. And I realized that I was mourning what could have been. Yeah. The idea. Right. And so now I understand when people say that they lost a baby, they lost a life. Yes. I understand now because I, I feel that. Yeah. So that is kind of, that's why I put miscarriage in that category. I am now someone who has experienced two miscarriages and fully believes that I lost two babies. But for people who haven't experienced it and have that same train of thought that I always had, I, I wanted to put it in the idea category to explain. Yes. What that felt like. Yes. For us. Um, and for the people, I, I will say this as well for the people who, because what your mindset was, what you just said, I hear all the time, um, from people, which was basically like, Oh, I can't put it in until I, I, I can't put it online or tell people because then I have to explain that I lost something and how uncomfortable is that going to be for them that yeah. then I have to talk about it. And I think it's important to know that, um, if you do want to share it you absolutely should and if you do lo lose it even if it's five weeks six weeks you know if you're going yeah. through fertility treatments if you don't get the fertility you know what I mean if it's yeah. not a viable for even if it's not there yet you should absolutely be allowed to grieve that moment and you should absolutely be allowed to ask your community to grieve with you because yeah. it is a loss and you shouldn't have to take that on by yourself. Right. And I can't tell you how many, I, I didn't realize that that mentality was really uh, damaging to myself and to my husband whenever we had our first loss, because that one um, was earlier on. I yeah. was about 10 weeks um, the baby had stopped growing at six. So in my head, I wasn't allowed to be sad because I hadn't earned it. I hadn't lost what someone who has to give birth to a stillborn lost yes. or someone who had a late term miscarriage. Um, I hadn't experienced that heavy of a loss 
or in my mind, it was just cells. It wasn't anything. And so I couldn't grieve the way another mother would grieve because I didn't, I wasn't one. Right. And that was so damaging. And like, I feel horrible that I ever put that on someone else. Yeah. Because like you said, a loss is a loss. Grief is grief. Pain is pain. You're allowed to feel it. Yeah. And like, again, I've known people who were going through fertility treatments who literally didn't even have the, you know, there was not even a fertilized egg and they were still grieving it. And that's totally normal to do because exactly like you said, it was the idea of it. It is the hopes of it. It's the dream. And losing that is just, you know, it's also just as big as. Right. The last one that I have is that you can grieve something that you don't want or that you never wanted. (laughs) And that might sound weird. Um, The only example I could think of is um, when people get out of uh, an abusive relationship. Yes. And people are like, why? First of all, why did it take you so long? And second of all, um, why do you miss that person? Mm-hmm. Or, and it's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know that it was bad. I know that I never wanted to be there. I know I can list a million horrible things. I don't know why I'm sad. <laughs> I yeah. I can't tell you, but that, that is a weird, a weird version of grief that I've Definitely. experienced. Same. And it was exactly like you said, people would ask me, why are you crying? you know, or like, what is wrong with you? Why are you taking this so hard? And it's, I think, again, it's just a part of your life. And and this is another thing I'll say about toxic people who have been in toxic relationships are not in them because they like to be, you know, (laughs) in some way or another hurt. Yes. Um, A lot of times, again, it goes back to the dream thing. You have a dream about a lot, in my case, I'll say, fixing somebody, their potential, what they could be, you see the good inside of them. And so that way you're blinded a lot by what is potentially underneath there. And obviously what had then came to surface. But when that ends, you're not grieving what you went through with them and the hurt that you felt. You're grieving that loss of what they could have become, I think, and what you could have had together because it's not your fault, girl. I'm talking to myself. (laughs) And oftentimes when you get out of a situation like that, your entire life changes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, Absolutely. It uproots you. That's why when people say, oh, I, and I used to be one. It's again, the same thing with you in miscarriages. I used to be that girl that was like, he hits you, leave him. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you for putting yourself in that situation? until you're in that situation and you realize it's not that easy to just leave. It's not that easy to just pick up your entire life and completely throw it, like shamble it. I literally, everything was completely in a day dismantled basically where you live, where you work sometimes. Like a lot of people, especially with super abusive people, there are like homes and stuff like that. But if you've ever gone into one of those homes Would you want to live there? You know, it's kind of a last resort thing. And it's great that they have them, but it's nobody's dream. They're not like, I can't wait to live here in this shack with, you know, 
So I think, well, sometimes even if it's not like a shack situation, because the um, high profile, wealthy people can also find themselves in, in these situations. Oh, absolutely. You could, you could be sacrificing financial stability. You could be sacrificing, um, like you said, your job, you could be sacrificing your friend group, your family. There are people who have like lost family members because they feel, yeah, because they're like, Oh my gosh, it's really not that bad. You just decided to shame our family and, and ruin your children's lives because what you got in a fight or something. And it's, and I don't want to minimize any of these things, but the, that's that's the reality is people don't know the full story always. And so leaving means setting yourself up to lose a lot. A lot. A lot. You will gain a lot. Yes, eventually. I, but that's yes. the thing. That's after acceptance. And you right. have to get to that. And in, in it might take you a while. I know a, a lot of people, it takes years sometimes, but you will eventually get there. Yeah. Do you have any more? Do you want me to get, because uh, I have sort of smaller things to fit into your yeah, categories. Those were mine. Yeah, if you want to list yours. Okay, I have 12. So the first one is divorce or relationship breakup. So that's as m- much as, you know, yeah. children watching a parent's divorce or having to deal with a breakup, like I said. And then, it could even be your high school breakup. You know right. what I mean? There is no any of that. Um, loss of health. If you get, you know, diagnosed with something like diabetes or anything that you're not the same that you were losing yes. a job. And I think that's one where you talked about like losing something that you don't really. There are a lot of people there. The next one is retirement as well. So I'll just go same thing. But there are a lot of people I know that are like, I hate my job. I can't wait to get out. Oh, it's going to be so nice when I retire. And then they feel like, why am I feeling this missing? But it's a it's a like uproot from your routine for how many years? Right. And it's very normal, even if you're going into something that you love, if you're leaving a job that you didn't like, and then eventually, you know, you're going into something better. It's normal to feel grief losing a job. Um, loss of financial stability, which I know a lot of people are going through right now. So, yes, you are validated. Um, a miscarriage, the death of a pet. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. I was down for the count. Oh, for so long. I cried so hard when we lost our dog, Tanner. Yep. Um, I cried when you lost your dog, Tanner. <laughs> that was the, Literally. he was the best boy. He was a 10 good out boy. of 10. Yes. Um, I remember my mom, he was in a trash bag. It sounds horrible, but like that's, that's what they put animals in after they, um, put them to sleep and he was in the garage. My dad was, um, going to bury him. And I remember I fell on his body Mm -hmm. and sobbed so hard. My sister, Sam was standing above me. she, She was, so gently trying to be supportive in that moment. And she softly was like, um, are you laughing or crying? <laughs> she couldn't tell. That's how hard I was sobbing. I was right. doing. <laughs> she yeah. was like, I don't, I want to be here for you, but I don't know if you're laughing or not. I can't see your face. <laughs> and you the sounds you're me? making are really weird. 
Oh, that's really funny. Listen, when I read that, thinking about one of my dogs dying, I started crying. Oh. I, I can't. It's going to be like losing a family member. Mosby is in the room with me right now, and he is the best boy. Yeah, I want to go get my dogs right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hug your freaking pets right now. <laughs> Seriously. And that's not just dogs either, man. If your pet spider dies or if your pet iguana dies, it's those are your family, man. Yeah. Okay, number eight. This is what I was talking about earlier. Loss of a cherished dream. Um, number nine, a loved one's serious illness. So that could be fatal or not fatal, just like I said. And a lot of people, I just listened to a podcast about grief. This was actually, I can't say just, it was in November when I was on the plane. But it, um, it was two people whose parents had Alzheimer's. And it Alzheimer's is very slow. And eventually they did succumb because of it, but they were grieving because that person turns into someone that you don't know. Right. Um, 10, the loss of a friendship. 11, loss of safety after a trauma. So again, that goes a lot with the abuse situation. The, the feeling of safety that you get when you leave a, an abusive situation like that, you won't feel that for a while. Right. I hate saying that, but e- even if you are completely safe, that feeling doesn't return for a while. Right. And I think you have to go through the stages of grief to get that feeling back. Um, And then number 12 is selling the family home. So moving can cause grief, which I've talked about before. And again, in the same situation, after I left that relationship, I moved within that year. What was it? Five or six times. Yeah. So my life was just like a whirlwind. Not to mention at that same time, I lost my job. Well, I didn't. I switched jobs. So yeah. I went from a job that I had gone to from for eight years, which it was necessary and for a whole lot of different reasons. But that was gone. That person was gone. My house was gone. <laughs> my yeah. feeling of safety was gone. Um, I moved to a different city, so I was not around my family anymore, which I'm very family oriented. That year was just like a jumble. Yeah. But. It was necessary, and I'm glad that I went through it. But I didn't realize that I was feeling grief at the time. Right. And I wish now that I would have known that because I think I could have acted accordingly and and been able to reach out to people and tell them that I was grieving because just being like, I don't know, I'm sad because I'm a depressed bitch, which I am. (laughs) Most people are like, get over it, Sierra. This is the same story for 10 years. But like, I was like, no, really, guys, I can't shake this one. Well, especially because depression is one of the stages of grief. It can be confusing to know, am I experiencing a stage of grief or am I just, you know, depressing? <laughs> yeah, this they, they have that in there, but that was huge. It, I, I had no idea. Also, not to mention that there are physical, um, which I'm sure we'll talk yeah. about a little bit, but physical elements of grief. And I was like, why am I sick all the time? But loss of immunity is one of them. Wow. Like your immunity will lower if you're in grief for a long period of time. Well, probably because you're not eating. That's that also. (laughs) Or sleeping. Or sleeping. Yeah, that doesn't help. That was the other thing, too. My sleep schedule sucked. I was never hungry. And some people is the opposite. You get you hypersomniac, which that was bad, too. Oh, man. When I go through grief, I could sleep for 18 hours and be like, what's up? Who wants to take a nap when I wake up? And I know people that when they're grieving, they could eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and never feel full. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) You never know. 
I'm either grieving or I'm pregnant. Either way, yes. I'm eating. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, you look great. So oh, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, oh, there. Uh, sorry, another one said that you can grieve away from moving away from home, graduating college. You can oh, grieve. Yeah. Just little things like that. Um, This is a little paragraph that's underneath it. It says, whatever your loss, it's personal to you. Please don't feel ashamed about how you feel or believe that it's somehow only appropriate to grieve for certain things. If the person, animal, relationship, situation, or even idea was significant to you, it's normal to grieve grieve the loss you're experiencing. I think I have been trying really hard to go back to our um, Inside Out episode and ask myself like who's at the control panel yeah to figure out is this emotion that I'm feeling a part of a cycle of grief mm-hmm. or am I, or is it something else because when I don't realize that I'm feeling grief this whole virus <laughs> has really thrown me into some stages of grief and, oh yeah um, well, that's the other thing our everybody's loss of safety Yes. It's gone. Yes. You don't feel it anymore. And even the people I think that are like, it's no big deal. There is a constant, even if it's not the virus that you're afraid of, the world is different now. Yes. And we don't know. And the way it's the not knowing how long our safety is going to be jeopardized. And I think that we're all grieving a little bit in our own ways right now. Yeah. There was a time I, um, I like disappeared for a whole weekend. and wouldn't talk to anyone because I was throwing myself a pity party (laughs) and I just, I understand. Um, I've mentioned before I'm a wedding photographer, not a great time to be a wedding photographer. Don't know if you listen to the leap year podcast. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. The people in Greece who were like, uh, uh, we're not getting married on a leap year. That's bad luck. And I was like, don't tell my brides. Well, they heard, okay? They freaking found out. (laughs) And so um, I was grieving the loss of these weddings. And I I felt horrible for being like, I'm grieving these opportunities because how horrible for these brides and their families to have to choose between the health and safety of their loved ones and their wedding. Yes. So of course I'm not expecting them to choose, but like it sucks. Yeah, it (laughs) does. Especially being pregnant. A lot of venues aren't opening up until the end of August, which that's when this baby's supposed to come out of me. Oh, so when these brides no. are rescheduling, I am not able to f- be there for all of them. Obviously, yeah. I, we've worked it all out and I've got everyone covered. But it was feeling like I want to serve these people. Yes. I want to be the one to provide them and be there for them. On the, like That is so special to me to be able to help brides button their dresses and to, um, tell the DJ stop turning the entire dance floor blue and like (laughs) just, just create, help create these beautiful, important memories for these brides. Yes. And now it's like, nope, 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 not happening because this freaking coronavirus. And of course you don't know, like I said, you don't know how long they say August, but my gosh, they said we were going to open everything up May 1st. And now that's changed. Everything has been changing constantly. 
So I had to throw myself a pity party because I was like, ah, mourning the loss of you, yeah. being able to be there for my brides and um, also the like financial stability that comes with it. And so like yes. I had to recognize that I'm experiencing multiple <laughs> grief cycles at once. <laughs> yes. Not to mention, uh, I'm just going to throw this in there, but the way that we're doing the podcast, I like that we can still do it, but this was not the way that we had planned to do it. No, and it was starting. It's, it does suck. <laughs> I'm sorry. It sucks. With the, there's a different, there's a little bit of a disconnect because you're not face to face in a room with somebody. I mean, we can see each other, but it lags sometimes. It's not clear. I'm wearing these goofy ass headphones. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you know, so I feel like that it was a something that we had that was taking off. And then all of a sudden this was like, stop. Goodbye. Uh-huh. <laughs> we were really proud of our sound quality. And we now were. we're just like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> yeah, so sorry, you guys. I probably sound like I'm driving through a tunnel, but <laughs> Shane oh. does what he can. <laughs> Thank you so much, honey. (laughs) Seriously, thank you. But yeah, that was the reason. That's another reason I think it's so important to talk about grief right now is because we want you guys to have an opportunity to check in with yourself and be like, oh, am I experiencing grief? And to anyone who doesn't feel like they're allowed to attach grief to something because they think it's small, like the seniors with their prom or brides with their weddings um, or even bridal showers, like something that most people would look at you and be like, oh my gosh, it's not a big deal. It is a freaking big deal. And baby showers or people yes. who are pregnant right now who have to have babies and then their families can't come hold their newborn babies. I mean, Don't like. Get me started. Do not I get me know. started on that because that was another pity party I had to throw for myself. I know. I am devastated. Um, and I, again, it's something I feel so stupid about, but Shane and I do not have a picture of me him and Ollie from when I gave birth to Ollie. I have pictures of me. I have pictures of Shane. I do not have a picture of the three of us as as a family. And I am so mad about it. And so I always said, I'm going to have a photographer with me this time. We are doing either the birth or a fresh 48 situation. We are going to have that family picture. I'm going to have these memories preserved. And now they're like, um, you may be allowed to have your husband with you. We don't know yet. (laughs) Right. And no visitors. And if he is allowed to come, he can't leave the entire time. And we're going to push you out of this room within 24 hours, unless you have a C-section, which then it'll be 48. I don't know about you. I stayed three days with Ollie and my vagina was still a war zone when I left. (laughs) I cannot imagine being kicked out in 24 hours no 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 i didn't even know what to do the lady i remember sorry this is a quick tangent but that's what we do (laughs) um the lady was like the nurse was like okay sierra you you're getting discharged today and here i didn't think i thought it was going to be the next day she was like super pumped about it and i was like wait a minute i'm having a great time what are you talking about (laughs) Yeah, please don't let me leave. But so she was all like, okay, do you want me to help pack your stuff up? And I looked at her and I go, what do I do? And she goes, well, we're just going to pack this stuff up. I go, no, no, with the baby. (laughs) And she she was like, what do you mean? And I go, raise it to adulthood. I was like, you've been helping me do everything. She was helping me breastfeed. She was helping me change his diaper. She was helping me bathe him. I had never taken care of a newborn before. I mean, I'm taking care of babies, like I babysat, but I was like, I I don't know what to do with this. And you're letting me take it home alone. (laughs) 
why are you doing that? Yeah. So yeah, I cannot imagine, especially new mothers. I mean, at least you have a little bit of knowledge. If you leave yeah. early, you're st- it's, you're still going to be hurting. But well, and the other thing is, they were saying that the baby won't be taken to the nursery, which again I understand yes. for safety. But that's the only time I slept. Same. Okay. And. And even then people kept coming in to ask me questions and to fill out forms. And I'm like, can this happen? Not at three in the morning. (laughs) Yes. Karen, thank you. And then uh, it's just, there's so many things that feel small, but there's there. They feel very big at the same freaking time. Like the fact that someone, because Shane can't leave. If, if he's allowed to be in the room with me, he can't leave from the time that we get there to the time that we leave. Yes. He is not allowed to come and go. So someone's going to have to come to my house to take care of my son and my dogs, mm-hmm. which that means I have to feel safe enough to let someone into my home and then bring a newborn back into that atmosphere. Yes. Oh, and boy. hope that everything's going to be okay. Like the, uns- the whole thing you saying the loss of safety, mm-hmm. I think, that is exactly what I I needed to attach that to. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And that's another, that as feels- soon as I read that, I was like, oh my God, this is everybody right now. It's everybody. Yeah. Not that to mention- feels like I'm allowed to attach those feelings to it. When yes. I say like the baby doesn't go to the nursery, so I'm going to be very tired. That seems stupid. But when I say I have a loss of safety. Yes. That, that feels like I'm allowed to grieve it then. <laughs> you absolutely are. Do you want to talk about some myths and facts then of grief? Yeah. Okay. So let's do myth number one. The pain will go away faster if you ignore it. False. The f- absolutely. Fact. Trying to ignore your pain or keep it from surfacing is only going to make it worse in the long run. For real healing, it is necessary to face your grief and actively deal with it. So that's why I'm saying in the beginning, like we've done where we get together. I remember when my aunt passed. Oh, and by the way, I, this is another little disclaimer. If you haven't listened already, but we talk about my aunt a lot. I feel like, not that I have to justify her loss, but yeah. she like raised me. She was a another parent a third to my mother and father and in some cases they're more than them you know what I mean because <laughs> she she babysat me when they worked yeah. I was there from 7 30 in the morning to 5 30 at night like right. every day besides the weekends so just saying that but so when she passed away um that was huge for us that we would get together and we wouldn't necessarily talk about it sometimes we talked about her um But like the day of her funeral, we went sled riding and we drank like coffee and Bailey's and we all laughed and there would be moments um, and I've this has been happening to me again. This is why I told you how I feel like I'm reliving that moment. Right. There would be moments where we would be laughing or talking like normally, but our eyes would be crying. We would be our eyes would be watering, but I would be like, I don't feel that. It's just it hasn't stopped. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you is like how you feel like you grieve and if you feel like you grieve different things in different ways. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think feel that. Like, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like, <laughs> let's see if we can do this. <laughs> this is a whole dance thing. It's like, no, you go, you go. I mean, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like in the beginning, I'm definitely a distract, distract. Well, okay. So when it, the, the first big thing that happened to me because like I said my grandma I saw it coming so although it was a shock it was almost like okay good she's you know 
Okay. It, it was a longer time for me to process. And I think it was almost to acceptance by the time that she was gone. Right. So that made it easier. Um, when my aunt died, she was 44, super young. And yeah. none of us saw it coming. It was not a, like she had health problems kind of thing. We were just, it was shocking. So that was the first time that I felt like shock and like, I remember my sister said this um, when we were talking about it the other day, but the noise that came out of my mouth when they told me was something that I've never heard before. It sounded like a dying animal. <laughs> like, yeah. And I couldn't redo it if I tried. But she was just like nothing, numbness, shock. My mom did not cry. She died on Christmas. My mom didn't cry until New Year's. And that's when it hit her. So we were in shock and kind of denial for a long time with that one for like weeks. I mean, I cried, but it was like that what I'm saying. Like I was talking, laughing and tears were coming out of my eyes. Right. Um, I think it hit me about a week later and then I started to accept it because I allowed myself to just really like, okay, this happened. Now what? And that's a big question that a lot of people have to think, because I think a lot of times you think if this certain person isn't here anymore, I don't know what I'm going to do. I hear that all the time. Oh, if so-and-so dies, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I don't know how I would live without them. Yeah. And the reality is when it happens, you have, you have to. So I think. I do not know what I would. I, I am one of those people with Shane. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I feel that we are so everyone's going to be like, whatever, rolling their eyes at me. But I feel that we I am only like fully a whole human because like when I'm with him, that's why I freaking cried at Disney World because I was away <laughs> from him. Yeah. I I think that that would damn near kill me. I'm not yeah. saying that I wouldn't be able to ever function again but I do not think I'd be the same yeah but I think it's important you de you have to that's the problem especially I don't want to I know <laughs> nobody does stop telling me what I have to do I don't want to <laughs> you have to do this but yeah I I think that um eventually just learning what I had to do it just I think I dealt with it because I kind of dismissed it at first did the whole like jokey jokey this is everything is fine we're gonna pretend like the elephant isn't in the room <laughs> kind of thing and even when we did talk about her it almost like we we weren't saying we were just telling stories about her and there was a layer of sadness underneath it because we all knew but nobody was talking about the fact that she wasn't there anymore that was not a part of it so then after I started to like accept it, the biggest thing that was helpful to me is routine. And I think that's with a lot of people getting up and getting, even if you're not going to work because a lot of people get time off for things like that, getting up and getting some sort of a routine can be super helpful with, you know, yeah. learning how to process in therapy, man. I went to a lot of grief counselors. So I kept being told I needed to go to therapy and I refused to go. Everything that you're saying I is what I have listed. I have like humor, community, celebration, distraction. Mm -hmm. um, I think the reason telling stories feels so sad is because even if I tell a story about something we did, it's past tense. Yeah. But we have the opportunity to create more stories. Yeah. 
where eventually with people who have passed, we will run out of stories. Exactly. You know what I mean? That, I think that is the, what makes that part of it so hard and, and sad. Like that's why even though you you smile, you cry because you're like, that's one less story. Yeah. You know? Um, but it's funny because with my aunt, this has been 10 years and we still tell the same stories. Like we'll have family game nights and we'll tell the same stories with her in them. There's mm -hmm. one story in particular that's the best. And it's where my sister fell down the steps. And I think either cake hit my aunt in the face or (laughs) Taylor (laughs) fell and the cake threw into cake into the air and it hit my Lori and it was hilarious. Um, and we know the outcome of that. We were all yeah. there for it. Plus, we've told the story. But we laugh like it's the first time we're hearing it every time we tell the story. Because I don't know she's why. she's alive again in that yes, story. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. I um, That's one another thing that I wrote down. Like, I like to talk about my grief and my stories. That's why I'm so open about my miscarriages and about, um, losing loved ones and things like that. Uh, Shane and I like to write after both of our miscarriages, we wrote songs for them Mm -hmm. because I needed, I needed to create something from the loss because that was my way of giving life. So anytime we sing, do you know my name? That's our way of giving life to our first loss. Yes. That baby lives on through that song. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with our second loss, we named that baby Jonah. I was um, 16 weeks um, when we found out. And I, we wrote a song for him, but then to me, I was like, that's not enough. It's not enough. Like he, I need him to live in a way. And so that's why I wrote and illustrated that book because I, I don't know why, but I need him to have life. And I think it's because I don't have stories. I don't have the opportunity to bring them back through memories and experiences we shared. So I have to create something. (laughs) Yeah. That makes a lot of sense actually. To give that to them. Yes. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Another myth. It's important to be strong in the face of loss. And the fact is feeling sad, frightened, or lonely is a normal reaction to loss. Crying doesn't mean you're weak. You don't need to protect your family and friends by putting on a show or a brave front in front of them. And actually showing your true feelings can help them help you. I feel triggered. I feel triggered triggered by that. Literally at grandma's funeral, I was the one dancing monkey. You were, you were the one making us all laugh. I, whenever I see people mourning or uh, feeling loss, I want to take it from them. Yes. And I want to, and it's not that I don't want you to feel it. It's not that I don't want you to process it. I want, I want to help. And yeah, in it's that let me way, help you. Yeah. And in that, in that way, I'm like, give it to me, give me all your pain. And I just like try, you know what I think I, I think my intent is, I think I see a memory that is turning blue, if you I will. I was just going to talk about inside out when you were saying this would go on. And I want to make it yellow. That's exactly what it is. I want to change this sad moment and make, and it, make a it a happy, happy one. moment. Mm-hmm. But 
what we learned from everybody at Disney Pixar, God bless you all, with Inside (laughs) Out, is the important thing with grieving is feeling that sadness, feeling that loss. It's okay. And a lot of times, I know, no, but you do it with the good intentions. You don't mean, you know what I mean? You're not, but that you shouldn't have to take on the burden because then how are we supposed to help you? Because you do help us. I remember feeling like not so crushed after the, the funeral because it was like, you helped. You know what the problem is? What? I end up absorbing you did. That, you were, and you, then I carry it for 12 years. <laughs> I, instead of allowing 12 people <laughs> to mourn and grieve, I like, take it all worry. from them. And then I carry all that baggage for 12 years. Yeah, yes. Seriously. And then I break down. I get stuck. I walked into Walmart with Shane, stopped dead in my tracks, and started sobbing looking at this woman. And he was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I think think I just saw my grandma. She looked like yeah. exactly like my grandma. Heck, I do have an astigmatism and cannot see <laughs> that well from very far away, but I However, swear she walked like her. Mm-hmm. Her haircut was like hers. Her outfit, like I thought I saw her yeah. and I couldn't move. I was paralyzed. So you know don't what? know why I told you that, but all no, right. I understand because <laughs> that was your way of like that you took the loss from then and you didn't feel it then, but eventually you will feel it. Yeah. But we're here to help you, baby. And you gotta <laughs> you gotta show us that you're sad. Lots of finger guns. Well, when yeah. I was talking about like creating and trying to give life to things, I wonder if that's why people will do like um scholarships in people's honor or um, tree planting, like dedications or plaques. Like our grandpa Jerry has a plaque out at the stadium. Yep. And I feel like in that way, people give life. Oh, I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And they, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but um, my aunt was, uh, I think she was not student teacher, but she was like a teacher's aide yeah. at East Elementary right when she died. And um, they do have they have a plaque for her at East Elementary. Uh-huh. I cried because my son took a picture standing beside it because that's where he goes to school. Oh my gosh! Yes, I know, I know. Oh, I didn't know that it was there. I had seen a picture of the plaque, but I didn't know. And so he was walking in. It was like his first day of kindergarten, and he steps beside it, and I was just like, oh, "She's wow. here!" Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, that's so sweet. The next myth, grieving should last about a year. That is false. The fact is there is no specific time frame for grieving. It differs from person to person. And it's very like um, it's your grief can go away in a sense where you accept it, but also can, you know, it's never going to go away. That feeling is never, especially if you experience a loss of somebody close to you, like a death. Um, and then, cause I read a thing about grieving after 10 years, it's super normal for it. Um, things like anniversaries, birthdays, yep. things like that to bring it back up. So if that's happening to you, please know that that's extremely normal, even if it's years and the more tragic and sudden that the loss is the, the longer, a lot of times that it will go on or that anniversaries can bring it up. So yeah. that is normal. If you experience a tragic um sudden loss that was actually what the ted talk that i watched was about really um yeah it's called 
we don't move on from grief. We, we move forward with it. With it, yeah. Um, it's by Nora McKierney. Just look that. up grief TED Talk, and it's Nora. She's a blonde lady. Yeah. Um, but she shares her story within three weeks, okay, from October, like, 3rd to the 25th. She loses her second pregnancy. Oh, no. Her dad dies of cancer and her husband dies. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. And she goes, so I'm a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Like that was one thing I really connected with her is she used humor a lot, but not in a self deprecating way and not in a disrespectful way. Yeah. Well, and this is the other thing I was going to say with the, um, with the like putting on a show kind of thing. Yeah. I know a lot of people do it because they don't want to be pitied. And that's yeah. a big thing. Yes. It's like, oh, don't yes. pity me, please. Yeah. Um, just allow me to grieve with you kind of a thing. So that was also, one of the things I hated with my miscarriage is people looked at me like I was broken. Yes. The look on people's faces when they see what you're going through or when you tell them, it's like, it's almost enough for me to be like, okay, well, I don't want to tell you. Yeah. Well, I imagine I, widows would feel the exact same way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, she mentions that too, where she's like, um, your family and your friends will try to find someone else who has also experienced that and push you guys together. So you don't get your sad on anyone else. Yeah. And I always joke, like whenever you experience a miscarriage, there's the underground community that's like, Psst, we're down here. Yes. We're all sad and we're down here. <laughs> We don't let them know we're down here. You want to talk about how sad we all are? <laughs> yeah. It but is. Like she was kind of talking about how um, grief is really uncomfortable for yes. other people. It is. And, and, I'll, it, and I'll be the first one to say that I'm uncomfortable when people come to me and they're crying. I don't know what to do. And yeah. I wish that I was better at that, but I don't know And I think a lot of people don't know, like if I had to put into words what I would want for people to do, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't know how, because there's nothing that anyone can do that's going to make you feel better at that moment. There really is. In that moment, you're not changing my circumstance. No. Whatever the reason is, that person back. Yep. Yeah. Like nothing is going to. You're not going to change it. That's why um, when I was talking to Corey earlier today about the people that are close to us right now that has have experienced a loss, um, I was like, well, I could take them food. And he's like, what? You don't think that they can get themselves food? And I was like, that's you don't understand. <laughs> like, that's my way of being like, here's because if you sit and cry on my shoulder, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to act the wrong way. I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. I don't want to do that because right. that's not at all. I just. I'll make you, I do the same thing kind of where I'm like, let's joke. This is okay. Please don't cry. And it's like, let people cry. It's all right. But I think whenever, um, we experienced the loss with my aunt, people brought us food and that was like such a, oh my God, I would never even think about that, but we didn't want to cook and none of us, we all looked like I look right now. So none of us wanted to go out and get pick up food. We're all looking real quarantine at that point. Yeah, yeah, we were. You just have like a whole loss of energy and a loss of will to want to do anything. And a lot of times the the energy that goes into making the food is more than it's caught like worth, you know, or you don't have an appetite. Yes. So if someone just brings you something that's already made, you're just like, oh, I just have to eat it. I don't have to think about it. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. So that's. Um, 
you kind of mentioned moving on and how grief can be cyclical and like you can get to acceptance, but then other things can bring it back up. Um, Nora in her Ted talk, is that the next next part? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, she was talking about how, um, moving on is her trigger. Like when people, because she got remarried. Yes. Um, and so people are like, perfect. You're fixed. Good, good. Now we don't have to worry about it anymore and you're not yes. sad ever again. Yes. And that's and like, she, she's like, I didn't move on. Yeah. And she was explaining that um, the reason moving on makes her so angry is because it feels like then her loss, her, specifically her husband, um, was a moment that she can leave in the past. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And that, and she wants to acknowledge the fact that, um, the person that she is Mm -hmm. and the son that they share, and even in her marriage now, she's like, I am the person I, that my new husband wanted to marry because I had him and lost him. Yes. I wouldn't be this person. I wouldn't be in my stepchildren's lives. I would be a different mother to my son. And so like, over and over again, he is very much present in my life Yes, because I ever had him at all. And I never thought of it that way. Like I am so different because of my losses. All of them. I I was just about to say, I think that's a big thing that people think like once you've suffered a number of miscarriages and then you have a healthy baby, people are like, perfect. We never have to talk about that again. Look, now you have what you wanted Yes, and you're healed. And now yep. you have a baby, so why are you still sad about that? Because you have your baby. And it's like, this doesn't replace my loss. <laughs> like, the yep. loss still happened. It's still sad for me. It doesn't mean that just because I moved on and I accepted those and now have a healthy baby, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden I'm fixed. <laughs> like, if anything, it makes it worse for me because I find myself longing for those pregnancies to have been successful mm-hmm. knowing full well had they been they I wouldn't have, have Ollie mm-hmm. or I wouldn't have Forrest now like I would my life wouldn't be what it is and because of that I probably wouldn't have my photography business we yep. probably wouldn't have the podcast like the ripple effect yeah that's why I said my miscarriages were a miracle that's why I said that there were blessings in the horrible things that happened to me, I didn't wreck it. They still freaking sucked and oh, they hurt while they were happening and they hurt now. But I always feel guilty wishing for those things because it makes me feel ungrateful for what I have. Yes. But they, they're all one. Yeah. They are one thing. Oh, and I can imagine if you, uh, like she's was a widow and gets married, it would f- almost feel hard to be happy that you're, married because it's like you're only married to this person because this person isn't alive anymore and it's hard to feel like I feel like I can't be happy with you because the reason I'm happy with you is because this person is gone now and how can anybody well let me read that the myth says moving on with your life means forgetting about your loss it's so funny that we had completely different notes and somehow we're just like intertwining them so seamlessly you know what I would say that's not a coincidence that's a you know, I know where that came from, but you don't have to agree. You can go back to podcasts and we'll talk about that. Uh, um, okay. 
the fact is moving on means you've accepted your loss, but that's not the same as forgetting. You can move on with your life and keep the memory of someone or something you lost as an important part of you. In fact, as we move through life, these memories can become more and more integral to defining the people we are. 100%. Yes. I agree. And there are people, I actually have a really close friend, and I don't know if he still listens, but I have a very close friend who he, the way he deals with loss is, I've never seen anyone like this. He grieves like the day, not that he doesn't grieve as in like feel sadness, but um, he had a friend who died suddenly and he was just like, okay, that's it. He's not coming back. We move on. He's very like close the chapter, move forward. Yeah. And he, it bothers him terribly when he sees people um, talk about their loved ones on their birthday years later or acknowledge them on their death day. It sounds like such a bad. No, (laughs) but that's how, but but yeah. yeah. Um, He's like, why are we still doing this? Well, I don't understand. And to a point, like, I get it. I get, he's like, why do we have to keep rehashing this? And uh, because to him, I think it means bringing up the trauma again, the grief again. And to some people, it's just bringing back that memory. Yeah. After accepting. I keep going back to this Ted talk, but she brings this up again, where she says um, that there's this weird, um, I can't think of the word, um, double standard where when people are celebrating something like a birthday or an anniversary, we don't question it. Right. But when we talk about death and loss, we want people to get over it. Yeah. It's like, we want that to stop. Are you done with that? Let's not bring it up ever again. Yeah. So she, she made the uh, comparison to like the birth of a baby and she's like, we celebrate the birth of a baby every year when the baby turns five. We're not like, we get it. Okay. (laughs) You were born. We understand. (laughs) Get over it. They're five. Cool. We've done this five years in a row. You (laughs) don't ever expect that. Like, Oh, you've been married a whole nother year. Congratulations. That's what you're supposed to do. But when it's related to death and loss, we put a time limit on it. Yes. And, and I think, again, it's, uh, it's those people who don't want to feel that uncomfortability. Yeah. Which is like, okay, I've, we're done, so I don't feel uncomfortable about this anymore. And now you're making me feel uncomfortable every year. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's, we started doing the family game night. So there are ways that we celebrate my aunt without specifically saying that we're celebrating her. So because she passed away on Christmas, we get together every Christmas Eve and every Christmas both and have like a family game night. And it is, we have family game nights all the time, but when we do our Christmas Eve and Christmas ones, they are lit. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody needs driven home. (laughs) It's, it's, a, a lot of times we'll bring people to those ones because people are home. And that's the other thing. It's a good time because a lot of us, like I have a cousin who lives in Illinois now. I have another cousin who goes to OU. Um, other cousins of mine, we, they, we've all been in college in here. And right. it's a good time for us all to get together. But without saying that's what that's what we're doing it for, we all know that that's yeah. why we're there. And that's who yeah. we're doing it for. So I think it's a way for us to celebrate even though we're not celebrating. So... Yeah. 
you could do that <laughs> person who's <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> he cracks me up because he'll walk in and be like, happy death day. <laughs> I, but to be fair, he also does that with birthdays and celebrations. Yeah. Like in the definition of a hipster to me is um, someone who doesn't like to conform to society's standards or traditions or expectations. He is that. Yeah. Like he will not get his wife a birthday card because he, everyone thinks he should get her a birthday card. (laughs) Hey man, I'm kind of like that. I'm like, I don't do cards. No, he's consistent. He's not just saying people aren't allowed to grieve. He's also saying people aren't allowed to celebrate. (laughs) No fun. Or sadness to be had. Not you just keep all. living, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very funny. Do you want to talk about how to deal with the grieving process? Yeah, I have all my, I'm through my notes, so it's back to you. I'm tossing oh. her to you. All righty. Okay. This is a way, it's not going to work for everybody, but if you don't know, Great. if you're like, I mean, it could. I'm just saying, like, this isn't a one size fits all type of deal. So yeah. take from this what you will. But um, this is how you can, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, this is resonating with me. I didn't realize I was grieving. Here's how you could do it. Okay. Step one is acknowledge your pain. Realize that it's real and uh, stop trying to tell yourself that it's not valid because it is. Step two, accept that grief can trigger many different and unexpected emotions. I have, I am a hypersomniac. Like you would not believe this mother can sleep and sleep and sleep. And a lot of it is depression. I know that the hypersomnia is that I have had the most insane insomnia recently. I can't sleep. And when I do sleep, the smallest sound will wake me up and then I'm up. I can't go back to sleep. But normally if I get woken up, it's like, goodbye. I could sleep for another six hours. That doesn't phase me. I don't know what's going on with me. And then I had to realize that, that, that this was a part of, um, the grief that I've been feeling. Right. But a lot of like, which I think they have, we have some things that I'll, t- oh, okay. Emotional symptoms of grief. So that's what we'll talk about. But that's what I mean when I say that. Um, number three, understand that your grieving process is going to be completely t- unique to you and only you. That's why I said it's not one size fits all. You right. have to figure out how you are. If you're like that guy and you're like, cool with it one day and then it's over for you and then awesome be like that nobody says you have to dredge it out for weeks or months or years if you are grieving five years after losing somebody that's okay too nobody gets to tell you that you have a time limit on it or that you have to make it longer than what it is yeah. or that you have to do it a certain way my mom like i said she wasn't crying at her sister's funeral she didn't cry for a week later and she i know that she feels inside of her like there was something not something wrong, but you know, the people were looking at her a certain way because of it. And it's like, you don't get to decide how people process grief and emotions like that. Um, Number four, seek out face-to-face support from people who care about you. That's a little difficult to do now, (laughs) but whatever you can do, if it's Skyping, if it's Zooming, if it's a phone call, I didn't realize, by the way, because- Zooming sounds like a drug thing, by the (laughs) way. Well, if you want to Zoom too, (laughs) Yo, you can zoom Zeno while you zoom. <laughs> Make my uh, heart go boom, boom. That's all I'm saying. Okay. But I didn't realize because of how much we text nowadays 
that day that we experienced, we received that news. I was on the phone almost all day with either my sister, you, my mom, Corey. Um, so I forgot like how good phone conversations can feel. You know what I mean? Because I don't talk on the phone very often at all. And like, I was like, wow, this is a lot more, you're getting a lot more out of it than just a text message. Well, even like, even though the first time we spoke that day on the phone, we just cried. Cried. Yeah. We just cried together. And hearing someone else because Shane, Shane knew him. Yeah. And I just, um, we got our, we had people sign a guitar at our wedding. That was our, um, guest book. And I, we found their name. And so I sent a picture of it to my dad, but I had to show him a picture and explain because there are a lot of people (laughs) in our life. Yes. So Shane being from Pennsylvania and not from where we live, uh, he doesn't, he knows faces more than he knows names. And so yeah. it was hard for me to mourn with someone him. who I've known my entire life. Yes. With someone who like, doesn't get it. He's yeah. he's like, oh my gosh, that, what an amazing guy. Like he was, he, I, he's awesome. Every time I've come around him, he's incredible, but it, it's not the same as you and I who would go on family vacations. Yes. With them and their family, or we literally have grown up beside them. Right. Like we've known him as long as we've known our own dads. Exactly. Exactly. I having you to cry with on the phone. Yeah. (laughs) When I couldn't be in person with someone to cry with them. Yeah. Was helpful. That was whenever I first got the news. Cause I knew just a little bit before you literally a phone call before I started bawling and then my sister was bawling on the phone too. And I was like, I didn't know I was going to have this reaction, but I'm so happy that I'm not having it alone. Right. Because it made me feel again, validated, like, okay, I'm not, you know, being overdramatic, which again is another thing that I think people don't realize with grief. You could cry that hard over something like losing a job. It's, there is no levels to this. Right. Or I think one something that bothers me too is when people feel like um, Robin Williams, who I've never met in my entire life. I oh my saw. god, I cried so hard. I yeah. cried so hard. And and to some people, like his family, I could imagine them being like, "Why are you crying so hard? You don't even know him. Like he was my dad. It's he was part of our childhood. Yeah, people will have an impact on you, and it doesn't matter." It doesn't matter if you're feeling it, you're feeling it yes. <laughs> and it's okay. You're allowed okay. to feel it. You don't have to have some kind of resume of how, how many logged hours you spent in their presence or speaking to them in order to reach the, the right to grieve them. Exactly. You're exactly right. And I always do that. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, I don't want to see, I don't want to seem like, because I didn't see him every single day. I don't want to seem like I'm trying to like, I don't know, get attention from this, but it was like. He's been in my life forever. Yeah. When we sh- cuz um we shared some things about him it, um today on social media and Sierra put something up and I had to tell her I'm like what you wrote is exactly what I wish I would have written mm-hmm. um because I didn't know how to explain how much this guy 
had an impact on my life because I didn't feel like I was allowed to think he had an impact on my life because we didn't talk every day and we didn't see each other all the time, but like he was still important to me and he was so important to our family. And I, and I feel like that happens to a lot of people. It happens all the time where you feel like you're not allowed to mourn someone as deeply as you feel you're mourning them because you don't aren't their best friend or aren't their close family member or didn't talk to him or see them every day. Yeah. It's, I don't understand why we as a society do that or make people feel like that, but I, I know exactly what you mean. And maybe people don't make me feel like that. I, it's all in my head, but either way, I don't know. Um, okay. So number five is support yourself emotionally by taking care of yourself physically. That's super important. Uh, like she said, you're not going to have an appetite and, um, drink water. Water's going to help because my God, I didn't realize how much when I was crying that I was losing that. And I was hydrated. (laughs) Oh my God. I was getting headaches every single day. Headache, crying headaches are the worst. Mm -hmm. And when you grieve like that and you're constant, the headaches I would get were insane. And I was like, oh my God, when was the last time I drank water? (laughs) I've just been crying and crying and crying and putting nothing into my body. So if you can't drink a lot of water, um, Eat cucumbers and watermelons. There are things like that that have water in them. That was Ju- for real. Get yourself some juicy fruits. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Get yourself some watery fruits. <laughs> I ate watermelon and I was like, wow, I feel like I'm better. <laughs> um, and then six is recognize the difference between grief and depression, which if we have time, I'll talk about that. But what's important that I want to get to real quick is the emotional symptoms of grief and the physical symptoms of grief, because I think that's important to recognize what you're feeling. Emotional symptoms, um, shock and disbelief, sadness, guilt, anger and anxiety. Um, even if it was nobody's fault, it says you may feel angry and resentful. If you lost a loved one, you may be angry with yourself, with God, the doctors, or even the person who died for abandoning you. And fear is a big one, too. A significant loss can trigger a host of worries and fears. You may feel anxious, helpless, insecure. You may even have panic attacks. So mm-hmm. go back to our anxiety episode and <laughs> learn about <laughs> those. But see, recognize when that's happening because it's it can happen and manifest itself in ways that aren't just like hyperventilating. Yeah. Um, and then the physical symptoms are fatigue, nausea, lowered immunity, weight loss or weight gain, insomnia, and then aches and pains, which I didn't know that. I thought that was interesting. Like just body aches. If you're not eating and you're not drinking. Yeah. Yeah. It can cause that. Yeah. Um, I remember being angry at grandma. Yeah, I because, think we all felt that for a so little bit. I was 10 years old when my grandma Heck died. And I remember she died of pancreatic cancer. And my grandma Jean came to the funeral and I was crying. I, I was not a dancing monkey at that point in time. And she came over to me and she consoled me. And she said, that, she said I'll always be here for you. Mm-hmm. And 10-year-old Jerry didn't realize that everyone I know and love has a 100% chance of dying. So whenever I was 16-year-old Jerry and grandma was now dying of the exact same disease Mm -hmm. that my other grandma had died from, I was mad. 
Yeah. Because I had this unrealistic expectation where I'm like, you promised me. You said you were going to be here. And now you're not. You yeah. Liar. <laughs> really, Why would you do this? <laughs> I think me, I think being angry at her was easier. Than feeling that sadness. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, and that's a lot of reason that people, whether they know it or not, they do it. I think it's your body's way of protecting you from feeling that overwhelming sadness. If you can, and I, we talked about this in the inside out one, but I learned about it when I took my child to therapy because as toddlers and kids who like can't um, communicate with you very well, their emotions, she's like, she told me you need to understand that a lot of emotions can manifest themselves as other emotions. His anger might be sadness. You know, that's when I talked about secondary and tertiary emotions because I use the word tertiary entirely too many times <laughs> loved that actually you'd say it all the time <laughs> it makes me so happy um but yeah so that's a big thing to realize like if you're like why am I feeling like this I've been like non-stop shaky and I think it's just anxiety but I'm like why am I like a little rabbit recently <laughs> like, I think it's just constant like there's been so much piled on top of me within the last week especially but my god it's been ridiculous. And I think that the only explanation is that I'm experiencing like three different kinds of grief and I need, I need to process that. This is just me talking to myself. Mental note. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm going to need to listen to this again. Log Uh, that a week from now when I totally forget and I'm not eating all day. (laughs) Nine times out of 10, when we're saying like, that we want to just give you information to help yourself. It is honestly us telling ourselves because we are the first people to be like, I don't need to hear this. La la la. Seriously. I'm like, I drink I, when I was talking about drinking water, literally I was thinking I have not drank any water. today. <laughs> I've got to get on that. I'm like, I can survive off coffee. It's fine. I have a headache. That's everyone's job right now. We're going to drink wrap some this water. Up. And go get yourself some water. <laughs> Please. So, yeah, that's yeah. really all I have. Yeah, same. I'm uh, The one last thing that I thought I'd mention, we already talked about this, about how grief is chronic. Mm-hmm. And I've never thought of it that way. And I'm so happy that Nora from this TED Talk that I want everyone to go and watch. It's 15 minutes. So if you've made it through however much time <laughs> this is, you can... Listen to hear this. an abbreviated version in 15 minutes on this TED talk. Um, but she kept saying like, not all wounds are meant to heal. And yeah. I think there's something so freeing in being like, I don't have to have this end. Yeah. And I, I think, think it's trying important. to rush to the finish line yeah. and close your grief off can be more damaging than releasing yourself from the pressure of having to be fixed again yes. because you're you're not you're not broken you're different yes and you're that's, just learning how to be that that's so that's exactly what I was going to say is I think everybody a lot of people expect life to go back to what it was and that's the thing it never will a lot right. of times it never will that was so hard for me even like not even the lost thing that were the you know some people dying that we're talking about but whenever that happened with my relationship stuff and moving and all that for some reason I had I had to let go of who I was at that moment because I had to realize that that wasn't coming back 
And now let's turn this into who else I want to be because life is different. It's never going to go back to what it was before that. I can't change the traumatic events that happened that made that all spiral. <laughs> so now you have to learn. <laughs> now you have to learn how to live with it right. and, and create a new, a new sense of normal. Right. And I think we all, even if you're not experiencing the loss of a loved one right now, um, just this pandemic in general, we are all different. Yes. The world is going to be different and that is okay. It is, don't try and, I guess my best advice to myself is don't try to create what was because you're, uh, you're chasing an impossible dream and you're just going to end up being disappointed and just try to, find and make the best of what is and allow what's happened to change you and embrace it. Yes. <laughs> and make the best of it. So, yeah. Just talking to myself here. No one else has to follow that. <laughs> I mean, no, but you were talking to me too. Cause I'm like, yeah, girl, same. <laughs> I well, need to hear that. Thank you for switching the topic again with me and talking no, about. No, I'm a lot. I, I, like I told you when we were talking about switching it, I was I was thinking before you even said it, like I can't imagine going in there and putting on a da 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 da, you know, because yeah. you and I both were feeling it so heavy. Yeah. A lot yesterday, but especially Saturday, that I was just like, I can't pretend this isn't happening. Right. It would have felt wrong, and yes. I feel like because he was such an important person in our family's lives, like that having an opportunity to have him impact people. Yes. Again, through this, maybe like felt important. Yeah. So. And on that note, <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks for listening. That is uh, our take on grief. So. All right, you guys. Goodbye. morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. 
Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.